We are back and we are live. What is going on, you degenerates? It is NFL week two. Week one was an absolute roller coaster. The dogs were absolutely barking. I tried to tell all of you, just real quick, I have to brag on this, Gino. Week one, underdogs and the under on the parlay, six and 10 overall record. $100 betters are up $1,186. The crazy thing is 37% hit rate. I was going to brag for you. 18% is break even based off of the last five years. Yeah. We doubled the hit rate off of that, up 11.86 units, 75% correlation. That means when an underdog won outright, seven and a half out of 10 times, that game also went under. I think there was only one or two dogs that won outright yeah. where the game went over. So a very strong week one. That actually carried – me in week one because I didn't do so hot on my against the spread picks. So the fact that I put a quarter unit on every single game, blindly taking the dog in the money line, wow. I almost broke even. I lost 0.4 units in week one. Why so not two units? I, I should have went one unit on that. I'd be, up, <laughs> I'd be up a fortune, but I'm just glad I made it through the week. Lots and lots of stuff to go over. We have Josh Allen, the most pitiful performance I've ever seen. Three interceptors, four turnovers, three interceptions last night. Maybe that's a good buy low spot coming into this week. We'll get into that here a little bit later. The 49ers, though, I got to hand him the mic and let him brag because my Eagles, even though they won, they didn't look great. So I'm going to hand it over to Gino and go ahead, do your thing, say what you want about them. So the Steelers were like the little darling this offseason. Everyone was saying how the Steelers are going to get everything in line, how Pickett's going to make Purdy look embarrassing like the last overall pick. All I will say, I was at the – I was. Front row, 50-yard line at Pitt. Shout-out to the fans. Only a couple were jerks. Everyone else was pretty cool. Uh, We look very hungry, very aggressive, very fast. And thanks to my homie, Hargrave is a monster. I always feel like I'm saying his name wrong. Hargrave, (laughs) Hargrave. Whatever dude's name is, he is an absolute bus stop in the middle of our, our already good run game. So I won't make this a Niner show. Maddie won't make this an Eagles show, but... These are top five teams in the NFL. No one would argue that. So you will hear a little bit about it. They definitely look good. Let's talk about the Jets real quick. Aaron Aaron Rodgers, hate to see it, goes down. The Jets have to be absolutely devastated. They paid him $75 million guaranteed over the next two seasons. Got to feel bad for A-Rod. Got to feel bad for the Jets. It was insane that they were able to rally last night. I couldn't believe it. I actually had the Bills minus the minus the two and a half on my card. But I had the Jets money line and under in a system parlay like I'm doing all season. So it kind of evened out for me. But I don't know, man. I think this Jets team, I think they're going to look for quarterbacks. And I think they should give Zach Wilson a shot, bro. I really do. They have a good run game and a good defense. Let the kid cook. Let's see what he can do. I mean, everyone hates him. Everyone thinks he's pretty bad. But that's just my two cents. I'm going to turn the clock back two seasons. Yeah. Something is wrong with that Jets field. The Niners had three players leave two years ago. Again, sorry to make this about the Niners. It's just top of my mind. That field has more injuries than any field in the league. Something is wrong with that field. Yeah. I don't know what they got to do. Like, I don't know how they test that. They just tear it up and put it back down. There have been more injuries on that field 
than any other field in the league. It's insane. Something's wrong there. Um, and then going a, a hair further, homie from high school, I say homie loosely, I'm cool with his brother, uh, Bakhtiari tweeted out about it. They're tearing up all the fields for grass for the World Cup in the yeah. U.S. So they're saying, wait, if you can do this for the World Cup, why can't you do this for us? Yeah. He has an argument. Right. So I'm curious what they have to say to that. I, I didn't know they were tearing them all up for the World Cup. That was news to me. Right. So that yeah, makes sense. All right. I got I got a question for you. One word answer, no explanation. Are the Dolphins now a lock to win the AFC East based off of Rodgers going down and Josh Allen looking like shit? Yes or no? One no. word. No, I like it. I agree with you. And I think the Bills could be a, a good buy low spot. Um, all right, let's dive into some let's get and dive into some Thursday night football. The people want some picks. Brad, this isn't letting me go to the right here. Never mind. Now we're good. All right. Woo! Let's get and dive into Thursday Night Football. Check out those graphics. Look we are at these now graphics. live. We decided that you guys don't want to see our beautiful faces as much. You want to I see disagree. what we're talking about on screen. So now we are showing you the spread, the money line, and the over-under. And our new format on this show is we are breaking down every single game of the game slate which I talked to Gene about this this past week. I think that's what you guys want to see. And if you're watching this later on YouTube, you can scroll the chapters on the bottom of the screen because we know that you guys have limited time, and this show is usually about an hour long. So if you just want to check out a few of the games on the slate, you can easily navigate to do that now. Bro, so you're a man of the degens. We're, we're, we're doing it. So let's get and dive right into this game. The Minnesota Vikings are a seven-point underdog at my Philadelphia Eagles. The over-under, 48 48 and a half, it is now down to about 48, looks like. 44% of the bets are on the ticket, or 44% of the tickets are on the Minnesota Vikings on the spread. 56% of the tickets on the Philadelphia Eagles spread. Now, some trends some trends for you. The Philadelphia Eagles, 15 and 4, coming off of a win. And my Eagles did just destroy the Vikings last year 24-7 in Philly. And that, that 24-7 is misleading. Y'all own them way yeah, harder. It was bad. It was way bad. harder than that. Now, we do have some injuries. Fletcher Cox, James Bradbury, Kenneth Gainwell, all questionable here. The Vikings, on the other hand, coming off of that week one upset, losing to the Bucks in Minnesota 20-17. So, Gino, I ask you, are you buying on my Philadelphia Eagles to blow out this Vikings team just like last year? Or is this maybe a revenge spot for Minnesota against my Eagles that didn't look so hot last week? Jalen Hurts, admittedly, I'll admit he missed a lot of easy throws and reads last week. He tried to force a lot of balls to his favorite targets when he had wide open guys down the middle of the field. What do you think in this game? So the Eagles have a new offensive and defense coordinator. They're going through the problems the Niners went through the last couple of years where, you know, we did so well that people bought up our guys. So this is, will be, this will be a square play for me. You guys, be careful when I say square play. I'm not saying I'm not betting it. I'm just saying be careful the systems don't back it. Mm -hmm. I, I like the Eagles here, and I'll, I'll, I'll tell you why. I think the Eagles are going to start snowballing. I don't think they're going to be crazy hot this week either, just like they weren't last week, but I think they start snowballing from here. I think they start clicking, finding who they are, and establishing that their defense is as good as Tampa Bay's with, an, with a better offense. Now, and this is home, all of that. I do like the buy low spot. People are going to be insanely low on the Vikings. I just don't see a way that the Vi the Eagles don't win by 10. I just don't. I still think the Eagles are super cheap in the division and a bunch of things. So this won't be one of my biggest bets, but 
Tuesday, you made me if you make me bet this, I'm betting Eagles minus seven. Yeah. Um, technically, I would say the the better bet here probably over forty eight. I'll I'll fade the half a point loss on early bets. Yeah. Yeah. So so first of all, Julio, thanks for the question. Anything player prop related, guys, save your questions to the end of the show. We're gonna bring our guy Trevor on, who specializes in DFS and player props. But look, here's what I'll say about this game. Strangely enough, I would like the Vikings more if the Eagles put on a really good performance week one, right? The problem is, is the Eagles looked not that great in week one. And it's all, it's a, it's a weird spot now to take my Eagles. Look, every time I bet the Eagles, they don't cover. When I don't bet my team, like last week, they cover by a point. They cover usually when I don't bet them. This is a spot where I totally agree with you. I don't see a ton of value on either side. Yeah. I think this over makes a ton of sense. And look, this is coming from a guy that hates overs. I NFL overs is the most disgusting bet in the world. Every degenerate loves taking it because you like the root for points. I'm taking the dogs and under all season. This is a game where I do lean over. The Vikings only scored 17 last week against the Bucks at home. But if you look at the box score, like Kirk Cousins threw for 344. They did not yeah. play badly. They couldn't get any run game going. Yeah. I think they had 40-some yards, somewhere between 40 and 60 total rush yards. The Bucs historically have a good run defense. So now, with that said, if the Vikings do not get a run game going in Philly, this Eagle, we're going to trash the Vikings. Like The Eagles are going to run them over. So they have to establish some run. If they get some run game going, I can see a lot of points both sides. But, again, my lean here is the over. I wouldn't touch a side here on the spread. Yeah, and I also think, guys, don't downplay uh, – the fact that the Eagles went in to New England, right? That's a that's a top defense historically. They had a lot of time to prepare yeah. with a new offensive coordinator and new defensive coordinator, and they still squeaked out a win. So I, I'm I'm buying a snowball effect here. This will be one of my square plays, uh, the Eagles. So I, and I I like the over too, even though we've lost a half. Excuse me, gained a half a point, which usually early leans to anti sharp for sure. So Jamie asked. So Eagles in the over question mark. That, that's our lean, honestly. I, again, yeah. I would stay away from a spread here, but it seems like our lean's on the over. Our consensus lean is on the over, and then I think Gino may be a small play on the Philadelphia Eagles. And for all you dudes that love uh, teasing, the over's a little high here to have it in a Wong, so be careful. But, yeah, technically Eagles minus one. Does I, I put an asterisk next to the Wong. The, you can the, see like a 24-17 like game. Right would take it would still have it on yeah the the Wong the Wong, yeah, the Wong is in, in general they don't want you using it when the game's over forty four yeah. so at forty eight so explain what a Wong is for people that don't know yeah yeah no sweat so a Wong teasers when you're taking a favorite that's minus seven to nine or an underdog plus one to two and a half and the reason you do that with with the over under I think is forty four and oh, forty four or less. The reason you want the less points, points are more valuable in that game, but you still get to add six to each score. The reason the Wong has been, historically speaking, the only profitable way to tease is uh, you cross over three thresholds. The three, three and a half, and seven, the most popular ways a game ends, obviously not can't end at three and a half, so three, four, and seven. I like it. All right, let's get and dive into Sunday. Good game here to start the day. Let me scroll to this one. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Go. I was I was gonna say uh, this one is. Oh, yeah. All right, let me give you the breakdown yeah, real quick. Yeah. So, Green Bay Packers a one and a half point road favorite here with the Falcons as the small underdog 
Over under was initially at 41. Looks like it's already down to 40 and a half here. Now a 50-50 split on ticket count here, which I thought was pretty interesting. The Green Bay Packers are coming off of a three-touchdown performance from Jordan Love, who looked great in week one. The Falcons coming off of that 24-10 home win against Carolina. However, that score is a little bit deceiving. It was close most of the way. Now, on the injury side of things, Aaron Jones, Quay Walker, and Christian Watson all questionable for the Packers. Cordero Patterson and Jeff Okudu are both questionable for the Falcons. So I ask you, Gino, are you backing this Falcons team to get it down, get it done at home? Or you think this Jordan, I think Jordan loves the real deal and the Packers are able to cover as a road favorite here, which is pretty crazy to me. So I gave out boringly enough Packers as my dog of the week last week. They came through. I also gave out Falcons as a really good survivor league pick because I don't want that high on that team. So I, it's hard, right? Because I bought both of these teams last week, so I'm not really ready to sell either of them. Um, if I look at this game, I would say the, the best bet to me is actually the under, under 40 and a half. So I don't have a team selection here. I'm going to watch. Maddie told you it's a 50-50 split. Mm. I'm big on line movement and uh, watching how the, the yeah. line, excuse me, the, the ticket distribution comes in. This one I don't have a team lean on. I just have an under 41 lean to start or under 40 and a half. I do think love will regress a little bit. This Falcons defense super solid. And I've been buying this Packers defense all along. I forget what show I was on. And I said, I think the Packers have a top three defense and everyone in the show laughed. Um, but now I'm the one laughing. Uh, <laughs> after one week of football. Yeah, after one week. You know what's interesting to me is this over-under at 40 and a half. The Packers last week almost put that up themselves, themselves, right? This is begging people to go over. Yeah, 100% agree with you here. Now, Atlanta historically has been a pretty solid home team. And, you know, this spread is really out there to me. You know, it just is. We're The Chicago Bears defense last week looked really bad. So we have to ask ourselves, is this more about the Packers looking good or the Bears looking Really bad defensively. Um, I think Atlanta can hold the Green Bay, this Green Green Bay team, to under twenty points in this game. I'm hundred percent with you. I really do. So I could see like a twenty seventeen type of game one way or the other. So I definitely lean the under here. I want to see line movement on this one throughout the week. I really do. So when I give you guys the the tickets on each game and I say, hey, the Packers are. It's a 50-50 split. I'm just giving you the tickets right now. It's not the money, just to be clear on each game. Um, so the tickets have looked like a 50-50 split right now. And I think that this is a really it's just a really interesting spread. Yeah. And if you guys made me like for Maddie's system, this one to me jumps out as one of Maddie's that will hit this week. Mm -hmm. Just the Packers squeaking out an ugly ass win at home uh to the under. So but favorite, Falcons, you mean Falcons, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, at home. Yeah, my, my favorite Falcons hundred percent. My favorite play right now, though, is the total here on the under. Yeah, and this is a good question here. Can the Packers stop the run? Because the Falcons only threw the ball 18 times last week. That's a very, very good point. And how did let's see how the Packers did against the run with the Bears, real quick. Yeah, and also they, you know, they they were able to contain who you know Justin Fields, who is a running RB one basically for that team. So, <laughs> the, I mean, the way he performs, you know, he he breaks good runs. So. The, the question is, can they stop the run? No, I don't I don't think they will. That's why I like the clock ticking in this game, and that's why I like this under so much. Um, 
I, I think this is going to be one of the grind out games. It's going to, you know, people don't love watching games that, you know, end in, in 2017. Right. But you'll hear me reference that number often. That's just usually a, it wins you an under. So um, I, I'm expecting a little regression from love. I do feel like the Packers is a bit square side here. Um, I was so high on both teams last week. It's hard for me to abandon one so quickly, mm-hmm. but uh, making me lean. It's uh, it's under first by far. And then secondly, it's Falcons. Yeah. I think this is a game where if the Packers don't win the way they do in week one, there's no chance in hell. The Packers are minus one and a half. I would, I would love to see what that look ahead line was going into week one for week two. Cause yeah. I guarantee you that, if the Packers don't do what they did last week, they're a, a two to three point dog here. Yep, makes you know, sense. Just, I mean, if this is week one, they're a two to three, two to three right. point dog. Right. So, so we'd have to, to figure out what that, that look ahead line was. And to Maddie's point, guys, don't draw too many conclusions. Like Maddie and I give out a lot of content. Maddie and I talk a lot about power rankings. I was sitting here yesterday making my power rankings. And every dude, every other comment is how do you have the Bills higher than the Jets? You can't let one week shake up your whole world. This is the any given Sunday NFL. It's the not for long league. Yeah, exactly. So that's why power rankings just mean neutral field. A lot of things you don't plan for four turnovers and stuff. So all that said, I do think you're getting a very high value on Atlanta here. 100%. Also, guys, just in case you're curious, when you see the money line on each of these games, the reason there is no variance there is because we're using betopenly.com. Um, so that's a peer-to-peer betting site. That means if that means if Gino likes the Packers, he could put a hundred bucks on the Packers. If I like the Falcons, I can match his bet and put a hundred on the Falcons. And essentially the winner would come away with 98%. So betopenly.com if you'd like to sign up. Let's get to move on to the next game of the Sunday slate. Oh, the Chicago Bears and Tampa Bay Bucks. The Bears are a three-point underdog here on the road at Tampa Bay. Over-under sitting at 41.5. 58% of the tickets so far have been bet on this Bears team with 42% on the Bucks. Very, very interesting to me with the Bears looking like shit and yep. the Bucks getting that upset, right? The Bucks are coming off the 2017 win at Minnesota. However, and I said this earlier on the show, they gave up 344 passing yards through the air to Kirk Cousins. They did, however, hold them the 41 rushing yards on the ground. That Bucks defense is always really strong up front. The Bears defense, on the, on the other hand, got torched by Jordan Love, giving up three touchdowns and 38 points. Now, something to watch out for in this game, and you need to monitor this throughout the week, Levante David is questionable with a concussion. That's a really, really key injury there. I think he had eight, I think it was eight tackles last game before he got hurt, um, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, and against look, you can say what you want about Justin Fields, but the dude's an athlete and he's fast. And if Levante David is out, that is a key matchup to 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 look for, right? If he can't, if he's not in the game, he's not able to to get the Justin Fields. So it's just something to kind of think about there. Bears, on the other hand, six thirteen and one against the spread off of a loss in the last twenty games. Pretty pretty poor right there. But again, then again, they're pretty poor against the spread or. Really, in most games, so so Gino, you ride in this Tampa Bay Bucks team off of the upset win in Week One, or do you think the Bears could bounce back here? I'm buying the Bears here. Uh, really? I'm buying the Bears money line here too. Yeah. So you guys are going to hear Maddie and I talk about systems casually that you guys can track on your own. We try and keep them really easy worded. 
because there's a lot of systems that take a lot of work, right? Like if the local wind is over 20 miles an hour, the home team and under hit, you can't follow that unless you do the research. But really stuff that we want Maddie and you, uh, Maddie and I want to educate you on is what we call buy, buy low, sell high. That's what you're dealing with right here. The Packers went on the road, excuse me, the Tampa Bay Bucks went on the road and won. Chicago was home and lost. So people are high on Tampa Bay and off the W, low on the Bears. And you get a team playing each other in a buy low, sell high. And I believe the ideal situation is actually the high team is going back home and the low team's on the road. So all of that aligns to get you a lot of value on the Bears money line. I'll tell you right now, I would not take the Bears plus three here. Take I, the money line. I, I just see no value in it. I think they have over a 40% chance of winning this game. That makes it EV positive for me getting these Bears. It's crazy to me that they are minus three. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm a little surprised that this isn't the Bucks minus one and a half. I think that would still divide the public. Um, and that money line's generous. Like, I like the Bears anything over plus 125, 126. So 142 is, that to me is a gift. Yeah, well, something to think about here. The the Bears are coming off of a division loss against a team that really knows them well. Now, all of a sudden, you're going to Tampa Bay. You're a three-point underdog. I'm 100% down to take the Bears as a dog on the money line here, especially if Levante David isn't playing. Um, I just think that, again, this is a buy-low spot on the Bears, and we're kind of selling the bucks here after that huge upset win on the road at Minnesota. And I did a little research for my homie, Maddie. Like A lot of people are going to watch Maddie do dogs to the under, and every week they're going to miss it, and every week they're going to say they should have jumped on it, and every week they're going to correct him when it's a red week, even though he's already up a bunch of units. I looked up last week one, so this week, yesterday or whatever you want to call it, was one of the best three in the last 15 years. So what I do, I immediately looked at week two. And week two immediately performed, if not better, equally when week one was that good. Really? Everyone in the world's like, okay, got it. Now the overs are due. The overs aren't due. Mm. They aren't due at all. So all I'm saying is this game, I believe the Bears bounce back. I, I genuinely do. And to Maddie's point, it's hard to judge teams based on division rivals. And man, do the Packers have the Bears number. And they've had it. That coaching staff has had their number for a while. Right. They just have a different – You go into the, it's like the Niners with the Rams. You just go into there expecting to win. This is a totally different matchup. Nothing in common with yeah. Minnesota and, and, the, and the Bears. No, I 100% agree with you. This is, to me, the perfect buy-low spot. Again, I want to monitor that injury report throughout the week and, and keep an eye on the, the movement and the money. But this is a spot we'll have to come back to. Let's get and dive into the next game. All right, we got the Seattle Seahawks versus the Detroit Lions. Let's get and pull that one up. Oh, this is man. A, all right, the Seahawks right now, a five-and-a-half-point underdog on the road at Detroit. Over-under sitting at 48-and-a-half. 72% of the tickets so far on Seattle with 28%. On the Detroit Lions, is that surprising to you? It's not surprising to me, uh, to be honest. Everyone watched the Lions win in prime time to yeah. kick off the season against the defending Super Bowl champs. Right, twenty-eight percent of the tickets are on the Lions. Oh, twenty-eight. You're saying? That's I'm sorry. What I'm saying. I said the opposite. Now again, this is oh. filmed. This is filmed on a Tuesday. It's very early. My bad, brother. Early that is week, insane. That was surprising to me. Now, injury-wise, Jamal Adams is questionable after not playing a week one. 
Seahawks coming off of the 30 to 13 loss to the Rams last week. Geno Smith threw for only 112 total yards. Lions are coming off of a fortunate upset win in Kansas City, right? That I benefited very well from after that tipped ball pick six, 21 to 20. And now, wow. guess what? They have a few additional days of rest since they played in that Thursday night opener. Lions 11 and three against the spread off of a win in their last 14 games. You know what? This team just has, they not a ride momentum, right? They cover the spread or they win. 11 and three after those wins against the spread. So they ride momentum and wins very well. They're a team full of energy. However, they're only three and 12 straight up at home off of a win. So does that make sense to you? So basically, long story short, this Lions team has not been very good historically the last you know couple years. So what that means basically is they've been very good at covering the spread after a win, but they haven't been good at winning games straight up after a win. So with all of that said, this spread, the Lions are minus five and a half at home. And now, granted, this is a different Detroit Lions team this year. They're favored to win their division, um, and people are very high on them. And the Seahawks got embarrassed last week. Let's call it what it is, 30-13 to 13 at home to the Rams. A lot of people seem to think this was the year Geno Smith would make the leap, and Pete Carroll and this team would be right back into the mix of things. But the Rams came in as a dog and beat them. So what are your thoughts here? Oh, man. So – this one's crazy to me because the question was, is Geno Smith like, what, what, what did he say? What did he call himself? Like, they got my number or call me or what? They didn't call uh, me what or what, did, what was his quote? I, was didn't, I didn't call back or something. What yeah, I called and they didn't call back or whatever. Something like that. Uh, oh, man. This goes all the way to like, was Russell not that good? Was it always Pete Carroll? Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of narratives here. Man, I'm surprised that more public's not betting Detroit early. That's all I'll say. And again, I, to Maddie's point, it is Tuesday, and a lot of you degens come crawling out hungover Sunday at, at 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. So I'm not surprised that the Sharps are on Seattle, and that's mm -hmm. what it's telling you. Uh, I, I'm surprised with the ticket. Um, this is another buy low, sell high. Unfortunately, in this instance, Seattle's the one you're buying. The difference with me is I, I base my power rankings off more than any other system. And I just don't have Seattle as that good. And I have Detroit in my top 12. So this is a hard one um, for me to get behind. And I really don't like giving out square picks. So th this one's tough. Uh, the over, I want to say, opened up at, was it 49? And it's down to 47. So a lot of the unders are getting beat up pretty early by the Sharps. Um, but th this is a game where I just don't know if the Rams are able to put up that many points against Seattle. How does Detroit not? It doesn't make sense to me. Kansas City doesn't have a bad uh, defense. Yeah. So this one, oh, this is a tough game for me. Um, if, if you're, man, if you're forcing me to bet this, I, this is my second time being a square, but I, I, I think I'm riding Detroit. Um, I'm just not high on Seattle in any way, shape, or form. But I hate taking a home favorite in a buy high spot off a road lot. Like there's a lot of reasons for me not to bet on Detroit. This right here is probably going to be my dog of the week. There it is. Smart man. And you're smart. Come on. I can't. Oh, is it the <laughs> You know, you can't hear it here. Play it again. Cause I want to hear it. Do it again, bro. Oh, what does it do? Let's hear it. Go ahead. This is my dog of the week. 
I like it. I like it. So here's why this is my dog of the week, and Gina already mentioned it. Oh. This is the perfect buy low spot on the Seahawks. How do we look at the Seahawks coming into the season? Yeah, the top 15 Pete team. Carroll, Gina's going to take the next leap. The Seahawks are going to be decent. They could have a playoff run. And after one week, we're going to sell them, and we're going to make them a five-and-a-half-point underdog at Detroit. And the, the, let's be honest, the Detroit win was a fluke last week. They looked bad, not good. They looked bad. Their offense didn't look good. The tackle out for Kansas City, right? Kansas City, uh, Travis Kelsey out too. It took a pick six for them to Thanks. win that game in a primetime game. I'm telling you right now, I love I love the points in this game. There's the, there's the comment right there. There it is, Ethan. Thanks. Alan. I love the points in this game. Obviously, I'm going to be on their money line and under just because it's a system play for me all season. But this, this Seattle team is 100% going to make my card. And it's like what we just talked about a, a couple games ago. We're judging this Seattle team against uh, a division team in a loss yes, off very last good. week, right? So we got a really good buy low spot, in my opinion, on Seattle. Five and a half is way too many points in this game. So it's a I, lot of points. I do love Seattle here uh, against the spread. Um, the, the That over-under down two points already is pretty interesting, and that even shows you that the five and a half points is even more valuable here. Yeah, and dude, guys, sharps are piling it on unders. I'm just letting you know. I looked it up. There was three years in the last 20 that had as good week one, and week two was better than week one after those three years. Yeah. So, again, very, very micro system, but it just means that too many people come in and expect a bunch of overs just because of how week one went. So, um, yeah, like it's hard for me. Again, I don't want you guys, I'm going to give you guys plays on every game, but just know that these aren't like, my official plays. We'll go way deeper into that. I'll give you all plays, um, but Maddie and I are going to do every game. I just have Seattle low in the power rankings, but I did not like the way Detroit's offense looked at all. Right. I did not like Detroit's offense at all. To Maddie's point, five and a half, six is a lot of points to give this Seattle team in a, in a, buy, in a buy low spot. See, the, those types of comments are exactly why I like Seattle. <laughs> exactly. I mean, logically, he, Cody's 100% right. But those are the exact spots I love. I love. That's where the value comes from, Cody. Right. Your logic is 100% sound. It just kills the value. 100%. All right, let's move on to the next one. Chargers versus Titans. Oh, man. This is a good one. Yeah. Chargers right now, a three-point favorite on the road. Tennessee, the three-point dog at home, plus 160. If you'd like to take them on the money line at betopenly.com, 43% of the money is on the Chargers 43% of the tickets, I'm sorry, yeah. on the Chargers, 57% on the Titans. Austin Eckler is questionable in this game with an ankle injury, so make sure to monitor that this week. The Chargers are coming off of that 36-34 loss against the Dolphins, where Tua looked like essentially a prime Drew Brees. The Titans are coming off of that 16-15 loss versus the Saints. Now, the Chargers won 3-1 and against the spread on the road after losing at home. Now, granted, losing at home to the Chargers is like a neutral or a row game to them. But the <laughs> exactly. Titans, on the other hand, 4-10 and 10 off a loss in their last 14 games straight up, right? So the Titans are kind of a team that – a little opposite of the Lions, right? Like they, they when, when they're down, they're down. Like, they're, like if they, they've lost a game, four, they're 4-10 four and 10 in, the next, in, the, in the last 14 games after a loss. So – when things get bad for them, they continue to, to kind of snowball and get worse. The under has, however, hit in the Titans' last five straight games off of a loss here. That number, 45 and a half, something to look at. 
So I ask you, are you back in this Chargers team minus three on the road, or is this a bounce-back spot for Tennessee after blowing that game really in New Orleans? Oh, man. So the Chargers cost me more money last year than any other team. Really? They lost so many games that I thought they should have won. It goes all the way back to, I think, week two in Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, man, this is tough. These are two teams that I think you know both underperform week one. You like Miami, right? So you like Miami having a good playoff run. Like you, you like Miami. Um, and you picked, feel good about them. I after picked that game, Dolphins, right? Eagles, Super Bowl. That's so yeah, you feel good about them. That's, yeah. This is one for me that, man, it's it's Titans at home for me. Like this New Orleans defense is freaking good. The Titans were able to go in there, compete up until the very end. They that lost. Game's frustrating, man. Oh man, that game cost me because we. I so. Tennessee covered the spread last week. Yeah, right? but, but I had, I had a money line. Tennessee money line uh, with the under, and the, the, it was 17-16, so I just needed the Titans this to done, inch it yeah. out, and that under dog and under parlay would have hit. You know what's interesting is, could you see this narrative playing out? If the Chargers lose this game, they're 0-2. If the Chiefs lose at Jacksonville, they're 0-2, right? I know. The West is what happened to that and powerful West. And the Jags West. would be 2-0. Yeah, yeah. Is that what's going to happen? We're gonna have to clip this. We're gonna have to clip this, when dude. That happens. I, so, I, oh man, this is a tough spot for the Chargers to be in. Going, you know, going all the way across to the Titans, who played a very tough game versus a very hard defense. Oh, man, I think Tannehill's gonna look good in this game. I, I really do. So, I, I lean home here. Yeah. I lean home and dog here. Tannehill might be a good uh, DFS buy this week after last week playing horrible in a low-scoring game, coming home against a defense that just. Gave up a thousand yards to Tua, what it felt like. Tannehill could have a good game here. And there's a lot of chatter about, like, hey, this Tennessee team is good every year, and Tannehill is the one problem. Like, everyone's like, we yeah. just got to get rid of the quarterback situation. He played terrible. Put in a new quarterback. Tannehill is streaky, though. He can look good. I know. But he can also look not so good in this game. You know, I think, I think both of his interceptions, he was targeting his new wide receiver, too. Really? Which means he was forcing the ball a little bit to try and get yeah. DeAndre Hopkins bought in. It's interesting. This, this good, is going to be good, a good game. Good comment from Steven here. Good insight. A West Coast team, 1 p.m. Eastern on the East Coast. Alex. Yeah, this is a tough position for the Chargers. Yeah, no, I agree. I, I could see the Chargers not scoring a lot here on the road in Tennessee. Um, I lean the under in this game. I think, again, the under is hit in the Titans' last five straight games off of the loss. What does that mean is when they lose and then the very next game, they buckle down on defense because they know it's important. And Tannehill struggled. So I think 45 and a half is kind of a, a big number here. I could see like a 20, maybe like a 21-20 or a 24-21 game um, where it basically just goes under would be my lean. Any last thoughts on this one? No, this game, the, the, the Chargers drew a tough card here. Um, I don't I don't see any sharp position here either way. I think this this – the true line is the true line, and that's where it is. I don't see money to be made on that game. Makes sense. All right, let's move on. Indianapolis Colts minus one on the road here in a division game. Minus 116 on the money line, plus 116 on the money line at bet openly for the Texans. Over under 40 here. 71% of the tickets are on the Colts, 29% on the Texans. Texans are coming off of a 25-9 loss to the Ravens with the Colts coming off of that 31-21 loss to the Jags. 
So two desperate teams here down 0-1 in a division game in week two. Anthony Richardson is questionable with the knee injury. Honestly, I thought he looked pretty solid last last week. He, he was playing pretty good. I thought he looked pretty decent. Um, now, granted. He got lit up, though. Yeah, yeah, 100%. So we'll have to monitor how he's going to look. Now, with that said, if he can't play, you got the best backup QB in the NFL. Do you know who that is? Uh, what's the dick? <laughs> the other dick from Philly. <laughs> Gardner, fucking oh Minshew, Minshew, Minshew baby, mustache, mustache, magic. Insert Gardner Minshew and watch the magic happen in this game. Oh. I could see it happening. I hundred percent oh. could see it happening. So people are betting the Colts early on this one. Say it again. People are betting the Colts early on this one. Uh, so seventy-one percent of the bets uh, are on the Colts so far. Minshew didn't look good in the when he came in. <laughs> Man, but granted, he coming yeah. mid game. In the red zone. I think he was in the red zone, right? When he came in. Yeah, dude, at the end of the game, we didn't even talk about this bad beat, bro. I had Colts plus four and a half on my card. Yeah, yeah. I, I think Ryan Bender had put something out saying they had like a 89% chance of covering going into the fourth quarter. They're up, or maybe late in the third quarter. They're up, what was it, 24-21 or 24-something. And then they end up losing 31. I'm sorry, 21-something. They end up losing 31-21. Four plays, I think three or four straight plays at the end of the game for that backdoor cover. What were they on, like the one or two-yard line? The three-yard line, they can't get in the end zone. I was absolutely fuming. But anyways, Texans three – ready for this? Texans three seventeen and one at home off of a loss in their last 21 games. The Colts, on the other hand, eight and one against the spread versus the Texans on the road in their last nine games. And the, remember, the Colts have not been this juggernaut the last few years. Yeah. They, after the Andrew Luck era, like they ha- really had, they haven't had stability at the quarterback position or really in their organization at all. So for them to be eight and one against the spread versus this Texans team on the road is pretty impressive. So I asked you, you know, what are you backing in this game, or where do you at least lean here? Yeah, the best system for me in this game is a di- home division dog, and that's Houston, and that's just a system where. Weeks one through eight, if you have a home division dog, you take them and you don't blink. So um, I just I can't get away from that. And you really want systems like that in your back pocket. You're going to have them lose, like home division dog, the New York Giants. Didn't work out. But if you look at it, you also had the Cleveland Browns. Worked out pretty well. So um, this is that system that I would talk about. I do think systems are getting a little too common that they actually are taking away points. Um, I'm, I'm super curious what this would have been with AR5. His name's AR5 now. AR5 didn't get hurt. Um, but this is one of those Texans are winning and just on that system. Yeah. Oh, it's ugly. The, yeah, this it's is, ugly. What do you think of the total here? Because honestly, if, if Anthony Richardson doesn't play, you got Minshew back there slinging the rock. And uh, you know Richardson is going to run a lot more clock, you know. But yeah. if you put if you put Minshew back there, it's going to be a passing attack, right? Um, so I don't know. I mean, look, I again, dogs and under all season for me. But this is a number where I think it's going to keep creeping down lower and lower. Right? I do like the Texans' head coach is the Niners' old defensive coordinator, D'Amico. So I, I do think they will come prepared on defense. The Texans. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Man, this is such a hard one for me. Texans played okay, boringly okay, and the Ravens, the score looked better than they actually were. Yeah. They, they held the Mark Jackson to like 160 yards. So, ah, oh man, this is one of those ones where it's just so ugly and it's priced right. It should be 40. Like, is it going to be 2017 or is it going to be 2320? And I – I just don't want to. I don't want to get caught costing y'all money yeah. on games that I just really don't have a lean on. But if you made me bet this, I'm betting Texans to the under, and I'm, I'm throwing Matty a bone on his uh, on his system. Yeah, I mean, look, C.J. Stroud last week, not bad, not great either. 242 passing yards, five and a half yards uh, on an average play. Uh, he did get sacked five times, had a 78 quarterback rating, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. So he couldn't win the game. He didn't really lose the game either. Push You're the playing ball. at Baltimore in week one as a rookie. You got to ask yourself now, coming back to home in yep. Houston, right? Can he can he have some more success here? So something to think about here. This is a game I just pass all together. I'm going to play my dog and under system, but I just don't see much value in it at all. So and these young kids will, you know, they'll they'll start to get comfortable. I think that's I think I was pretty clear last week why I gave out Atlanta. Yeah, was because the one overall pick was on the other side of the ball. Mm-hmm. So Stroud wasn't far behind that. 100%. All right. This right here is my favorite bet of the week. I'm not going to give it to you yet. I'm going to give you the analysis, and I'm going to ask Gino if you can guess what I like here. Yep. All right. Ravens plus three and a half at Cincinnati. Bengals minus 160 at home on bet openly. 62% of the bets are on the Ravens here. 62% of the tickets. On the Ravens, on the spread here, 38% on the Bengals spread. Mark Andrews and Marlon Humphrey are both questionable here. The Ravens coming off of that 25-9 win over the Texans. But honestly, I didn't think they looked that impressive in that win. Bengals, on the other hand, are coming off of that 24-3 ass-whooping in Cleveland. Some trends to look at in this game. The under has cashed in 17 of the last 22 Ravens games after coming off of a win, right? The Bengals... Three and one against, or I'm sorry, Bengals are three and one versus the Ravens at home in the past three seasons. So 75% of the time, the Bengals have beaten the Ravens at home. Ravens, ready for this? Seven and 12 against the spread off of a win in their past 20 games. You can probably guess who I like here. I like the Bengals. I love the Bengals in this spot. This is my absolute buy low spot of the week. And again, I hate betting favorites. Yeah, I hate yeah. contradicting my system play. But man, do I love this Bengals. I, 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 in a sick way, I find so much comfort in taking teams minus three and a half. <laughs> uh, most logical people would say, why would you want to take a team minus three and a half? You want a team minus two and a half so they can win by a field goal or minus one so they can win by a field goal. I love taking teams minus three and a half. It shows me the, the line is that way for a reason. This Baltimore team, 7-12 and 12 against the spread off of a win. And last week they didn't look impressive in that win. And this Bengals team, we've seen it before. Joe Burrow has these terrible games in the season. But if there's anything we know is the Bengals will bounce back off of those losses. I think the Bengals wax the Ravens in this game. I don't think it's close. I think it's a double-digit win. I like it. I like the Bengals here for a lot of reasons. I really do. You don't want to start the season 0-2 in your division if you believe that that division is yours to take. Yeah, This is a big game. This is why football is the best sport. 
This is a huge game. You, you huge go game. down 0-2, the Ravens you're are trouble. 2-0. Yeah, you're And trouble. the Browns, who do the Browns play this week? Yeah, we'll get to that one. The Browns play... They're uh, at Steelers. At Pittsburgh. So, legitimately, if the Bengals lose this game, the Browns and the Ravens could both be 2-0, and the Bengals could be 0-2. And that's a tough hole to dig out of against two teams like that in the AFC North. So, that's that's a tough one. But So, it seems like we're aligned we're on the aligned Bengals, on Bengals. What are your thoughts on that over-under? Because, to me, it's like I can see this Bengals team holding them to, like, 10 to 14 points, as crazy as that sounds. Uh, oddly – because people are pretty low on the Ravens offense and non-existent Bengals offense, mm-hmm. this is one of the ones where I, I, I lean over again. You're going to get some unders from me at the end of this game, but just coincidentally, this this is arguably my favorite over of the week. Um, that like The Bengals come up and put up 27, 30 points. Ravens match with 17 to 20. Just because it's sitting so high. I, I make my own lines and odds. I'm amazed that this didn't open up at 43 and a half, 44. And I believe the books are that good about steering people. And man, I'm I'm surprised. And I believe it even opened up at 45 and a half. I moved to 46 and a half. Yeah, I'm gonna look um, at that now here. Yeah. The, man. It I opened at 46 and a half. It's down to 46. So does it move maybe you hope that number gets to like 45 and a half, 44. <sighs> 45 yeah people just see that goose egg you know from Bengals. they see ravens doing nothing against houston yeah injuries oh yeah i don't like i'm not touching the total in this game yeah you don't Um, like having and for y'all out there don't if you hammer a game it's if you're betting both the over under and the game dude there's only a one in four chance you win both so be careful with that yeah three out of four i do like i do like the Bengals minus three and a half again i love those minus three and a half numbers i believe i hit that was one of my only against the spread wins last week at the Falcons, right? Falcons minus three and a half. Yep. Um, so I do. I love that number for whatever reason. I'd love to see historically how uh, how the minus three and a half have covered over the, the last 10 years. I think that'd be interesting. All right. Here's what I believe the absolute game of the week here. This is even Ooh. on the thumbnail of our episode. I love this oh. matchup. Chiefs minus three coming into Jacksonville. Over under 51 and a half here. That let's obviously monitor that number throughout the week. 76% of the tickets are on Kansas City, 24% on the Jags. I gotta be honest, I thought that would be a little bit closer just because of how much preseason hype is on Trevor Lawrence and the Jags. Now, again, it is Kansas City, but I thought that would be closer to like a 60-40 split. So we'll see how that plays out the rest of the week as this is filmed on a Tuesday. Travis Kelsey is questionable, but we anticipate him playing because he just barely missed playing last week. So logically, we think he will be there. Chris Jones got his contract uh, figured out, so he should be playing. The Chiefs now, the one thing to look at in this game, they're they're going to have an extra three days rest, right? So you always have to, to factor that into your handicap yeah. here. Jags are coming off of the impressive 31-21 win at Indianapolis. What do you like here, Gino? Jags money line. I'm 100% with you. I'm Jags and money I, line. And I faded Jags in week one. I yeah, I'm Jags money line. The, the public, whether they're going to – tickets or all that, I'm telling you, if you talk to the average better, they're saying Kansas City ain't going 0-2, and the only reason they lost to Detroit was missing X, Y, and Z. Um, I think I'll quote myself last week. Mm-hmm. No one believes the Chiefs can lose. No one believes the Chiefs can go 0-2. Mm-hmm. They absolutely can. And that's where we're at. Yeah. And they're going into a very tough Jacksonville team that – Jacksonville, dude, they got a chip on their shoulders still, right? 
people still talk about the Jags and Lions as like those, you know, the Browns, like those, those failing organizations that can never get jobs done. This is a chance for them to establish. They, they, they got lucky to cover last week, in my opinion. Um, it sucks that this is a buy low on the Chiefs sell on the Jags. Mm -hmm. But this will be the second time that I'm not buying into it. Those don't those systems have, you know, they have asterisks, they have exceptions to the rule. And I believe the Chiefs will be one of the most heavily bet teams this week. And I love favorites. I love fading favorites on the road. Yeah. Look, you give me plus 160 on the money line in this game and what's going to probably be You a might get more, out. brother. Yeah, yeah, we have to monitor that throughout the week, but I'm with you, bro. This is and this is a game I'm very hopeful and optimistic that the dog and under parlay cashes. Like I would need like what, like a 26-24 type of game where Jacksonville edges it out. That's what's going to happen in this game. Jacksonville's Jackson I'll tell you exactly what's going to happen in this game. Jacksonville's going to be down 24 to 23. Trevor Lawrence is going to march them down the field and they're going to hit a game-winning field goal and they're going to win this game. What did I say? 23-24. So they're going to win this game 26 to 24. Jags money under? line and the under is going to cash. That's my prediction. Yeah, and I also think, guys, if, if you believe us, you should bet Jags right here at plus one fifty eight. There's just no, there's no way. This will, this might, this you might have to get this at Jags plus one twenty five at kickoff. Now, I never underestimate the power of the public to get behind, arguably the best player in the league, Mahomes, not going zero two. But man, are you getting value here at plus one fifty eight? Uh, did I already give my dog of the week? Yeah, you got to say it when the game comes up. What game is it? Point to it. This is it? I think I think you just got it. There you go. Put my name next to the Jags. The Jags money line are my dog of the week. Mm. I'm all, I, I gave out a, a Green Bay last week, so I know that's boring. But I'm, I told you all I won't do that. I won't find one point dogs every time. I'm not. I'm not that cowardly. This at 158 is a steal. This is gonna. First kit, you know, the, the coin's going to flip at 125. I like it. I think we're aligned here. We're both on the Jags. Um, I lean I, – I, I wouldn't want to touch the, the runner on my card, but obviously I have that on the system play. But I think that number is pretty accurate. Yeah, it feels right. Is, is it weird it's not like 53 to 55 range? I think These they're offenses. not impressed with the Jags' offense. Right, they put up 31 on the road. No, I know, but it was the way they did it. They had 17 going into the fourth. Yeah. I don't know. It just – it. It just depends on what you ah, – sometimes the, the results versus how it happened are just totally different. Right. No, it makes sense. All right. We have Geno's home we – have, we have the homers team over here, the San Francisco 49ers. I already let Geno brag early in the show, so there's no more of that. I won't do any more of that. All right. But I got to ask you, bro, eight points on the road in a division game here. Now, that said – the Rams did win on the road, so it's not like it's a buy low spot on them here, right? They were able to upset Seattle in Seattle. So you got to ask yourself now: take your is that a 49ers hat? No, uh, no, no. I was going to say keep it light. I was going to say take your 49ers bias out of the equation yeah. here. Is eight points too many points on the road here in this division game? It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. And I'll tell you why. Uh, the Niners have the Rams number. Even though the Rams beat us to go to the Super Bowl, which is the only thing that matters, even though I think we were 2-0 and on them that year. Yeah. We had a 2-0 sweep. That was about to be a 3-0 sweep. So they got, the, they got the last laugh that year. 
I think we've won minus that game, like seven of the last eight. So we just have, we take over their stadium when we go there. So it's like a home game. They try everything to keep us out. They don't. I gave this out at seven and I promise you, I don't give out plays on my team that are biased. I only deal with numbers. Uh, the Niners have the offense and defense to put the Rams back in their place for what we all expected the Rams to be this year. And we hold grudges. Our team is bitter and has a chip on their shoulder. And our offensive line is our weakness. Hold They're, on, I got please. I gotta call you out for a second. You said you only play numbers, <laughs> and then you said your team is holding a grudge. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. But I only play numbers when I give it out. I feel you. I, feel you. I, I believe we run up this score. Yeah. And you're allowed to call me out always. So I'm just telling you guys the truth. I think they're going to have a lot of problems scoring on us. I, I genuinely put the Pittsburgh offense next to this Rams offense. I, I really do. I don't yeah. think either one's better or worse. And we dominated every inch of that game. Uh, some of the syndicate plays I had, some of the early systems I had, had people putting in the Niners minus seven early. They were putting this bet out yesterday night. Mm -hmm. So um, if I had to like give you crazy details, the Niners are going to put up 27. And I do not think uh, the Rams are able to score more than 17 on us. Yeah. Looks so that's where, I, that's where I see this game. 27-17, we cover. It's on the nose for the over-under. Yeah. Well, so far, 71% of the tickets have come in on the 49ers, 29% on the Rams. The 49ers are 14-5 and five against the spread, coming off of a win in their last 19 games and 12-2 and two straight up. This is a ton of points, though. I'm a little torn here. I probably lean San Francisco, um, to be honest with you guys, but it is a tough spot. Matthew Stafford threw for 334 yards last week. Zero touchdowns, zero picks, but he didn't really have to do much. I know. He moved the chains when he needed to, averaged almost they nine yards great. per throw, 91 quarterback rating. Um, they scored three touchdowns on the ground, right? So, you know, now they only they ran for 92 yards. You gotta yep. you gotta think the Niners are gonna hold them to like 60, 60 exactly. 70 yards. Um, so that's something to think about there. And then can Stafford do enough and make enough plays here to cover the spread? So I'll tell you one thing: if LA upsets them, it's gonna be because of defense. And if that happens, my my dog and honor plays cashing. But this, isn't a, this just isn't a game I can see that happening, man. I, I told Gino this last year at the show I because we were used to debate on Brock Purdy. Like, I think he's a fucking G. Like, I believe in that dude long term. I thought it was crazy talk when they were talking about going away from him and all the different things. Oh, my God. Um, but he's he's – I think he's special. I really do. Um, so this is a tough one for me. I lean 49ers minus the points. I won't be surprised if this number hits nine plus. What do you think? Yeah, I agree that this will this will this will kick off at nine. Niners minus nine, and I'll I'll tell you the last thing I'll say about this game, just the breakdown. I genuinely believe our wide receiver core has stepped up. Even our third receiver, Jawan, is quality. They lost secondary these Rams, mm -hmm. so this is. It, I was amazed they did a decent job against Seattle. I thought it was more a reflection of Geno not performing not the entire Seattle team. Mm -hmm. That's why, oh man. Yeah, I, and there's so many reasons to like this game systemically, to like the Rams. Yeah. But uh, I do think that the Niners clearly emerge as the number one team in the NFL with back-to-back -back complete dominance on both sides of the ball, special teams, sound football. 
just like surgically dissecting the Rams and, and frustrating them. 27-17 is my final answer. Maybe like a 27-10 with like a less a backdoor, not Something a backdoor, like but like a less. Yeah, yeah, exactly. All right. We will see. I think we frustrate them. Yeah. All right. We got the Giants versus the Cardinals here. This, oh, man, let's get into this one. Giants, uh, let's look at this logically for a second. The Giants, after losing 40 to zero, are now, uh, I see five and a half points. Maybe that number's four and a half. Check it out for me. Yeah. Four and a half point favorite on the road at Arizona. Four and a half's the number. Over under sitting at 39 and a half. 77% 77% of the tickets are already on the Giants. So the public, maybe they know the systems. Maybe the public is like, hey, teams that lose by 40 historically do well the next week. I don't know. I think those social media videos are starting to get the people. 23% of the tickets are on the Cardinals. Giants coming off of that embarrassing loss, 40 to nothing against the Dallas Cowgirls. The Cardinals coming off of the loss, 20 to 16 at Washington. They covered the spread. Now, I will say one thing about this game. The Giants, I believe, have more injuries than the entire NFL right now. I saw eight or nine key injuries they had. Um, And the Cardinals look pretty healthy. They don't have a great team, but the team is at least healthy. Cardinals 3-14-1 straight up at home off of a loss. The Giants, on the other hand, ready for this? 28-14 against the spread on the road after a loss. What do we know about the Giants? They're very well coached. After a blowout loss, they should be able to bounce back on the road here. And what better opportunity to bounce back than the Arizona Cardinals, right? Oh, you're right. So a system we used last year, and forgive me because I didn't write down the exact word in, but the gist of it, you take teams coming off of embarrassing blowout losses. I forget the exact number. I think it, was it was over 16 points. It was well over that. Oh, I think it was, it was over 20, 18? I think it was in the 20s, but oh, that's I'll have to get you guys the exact number. But – I can promise you the Giants qualify under this system. Yeah, yeah. It was profitable last year. I believe it was around a 60% hit rate. Um, So I asked you, Gino, who are you backing here or who you lean on? Yeah, yeah. So let's give you all like multiple systems and show you how things go in one way and then come back the other way. So that Maddie's right. Good memory, by the way. I totally forgot about that system. There was a great system last year when a team had an embarrassing loss. It was called embarrassing loss. And the number was like, 18 to 22 or something like that. So the Giants qualify for that system. Boom, hit 60, 70% of the time. Put a green check in the Giants box. Arizona, home dog early in the season. I want to say it was weeks one through three. Had like a 60% lick. Little, you know, check in their box. The the problem I see, and I think I said this on the first show, is if you all made me bet a team against the spread every week, it would be the Cardinals. Yeah. Why? Because everyone talks about them tanking for quarter, even though they don't need a quarterback, tanking for Caleb. They're, this is a team that is an absolute fade the public team, the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be pretty much all year. So that's why I get so scared with games like this. Mm-hmm. But I agree with Maddie on, on paper. There's all the reason in the world for the Giants to come back. And they didn't yeah. look bad. That game just got away from them. Well, the, they did look sounds. bad, but the first drive, they looked really good. And then the game then was gone. the weather, and they missed the, – the kick got ran back, and it was the, the attempted field got ran back. Here's the exact system. Now, granted, this does not have last year's numbers factored in, yeah. but hear me out on this. Bad offensive performance, blowout loss. The team's average point scored is between 0 and 17 is oh, the first qualification. Insane. Giants had 0 last week, and there's only been one game, so that's their average score. 
The team is okay. So actually, this doesn't even qualify. The team has to be oh, the, underdog. the underdog. So the team is the underdog, and the previous game margin is between fifty-eight and twenty-eight. So again, this doesn't qualify. Now here's one that will qualify: betting against the public after a bad game. So the game is played. Uh, so the game, the team's one game point streak is between zero and nine. It's at a 61% rate. So basically that means if the team is coming off a game where they score between zero and nine points, historically the next week they cover at uh, over a 60% rate. So this is a tough game. The way I look at it is all systems aside, I was high on the Giants going into the season. I cannot allow one week in the NFL to make me jump off of that train, especially if it's against the Arizona Cardinals. What is this number if this game's week one? Yeah, it, honestly, it's, half, it's the Giants minus six and a half. Yeah, easily, right? Uh, and the scary part is, like, are we are we willing to admit this? Hmm. Maybe the Cowboys just are damn good. I'm not admitting that. Okay, <laughs> we're not admitting. Here's that. the thing: I, the Cowboys are always good. That's never been the problem. The problem is they screw it up when it counts, and that'll be either towards the end of the year or in the postseason. <laughs> right now, I should have, in hindsight, seen that coming in Week One, and I didn't. Oh. But it is what it is. All right, what's your official lean? You official gun, lean. gun to your head right now. Yeah, yeah. official lean here is uh, under 39 and a half. Ooh, this is a game I actually lean over. Yeah, I gave out too many I just see already. crazy shit happening. Yeah, I actually think the Giants' defense bounces back and holds the Cardinals to under 13. All right, very bold. That's where, like, a really ugly, because I don't think we're going to leave that game impressed with the Giants. So, yep. so 20, 2010, Giants. All right, up next, we have the Commanders at Denver. The Commanders are plus three and a half, over under 39 and a half. Commanders at plus 173 on bet openly in this game. 62% of the tickets are on Washington, 38% of the tickets on Denver. Jerry Judy is questionable, however, in this game, so we'll have to monitor throughout the week. Commanders, as you know, coming off that 2016 home win where they sneaked one out against the Cardinals. Broncos, another hand coming off of that 17 to 16 home loss against the Raiders. Dogs in the under, baby. That was a nice winner. The Broncos are now 7 and 15 straight up off of a loss. But the under has hit in 13 of their last 20 games when they're coming off of a loss. So when they lose a game, they really buckle down on defense the game after. Do you think three and a half in this game is too many points, though? I do. I was. This was one of the. So even though I gave out the under in Denver Raiders, I was dead wrong. I disrespected Jimmy. I said he'll need the Niners defense and he'll miss it. And he's not winning this game. Yeah. They won. So what I will say here, man, the Broncos just can't get it together. Yeah. I don't know why people keep buying into them. And these Commanders, they grinded it out, dude. They grinded out a win. I gave out the Commanders team total over mm-hmm. preseason. Um. I think this is a really good chance for the Commanders to win, uh, to win on the road. Two and zero, the Washington Commanders. They were what ten to one win the division. And they start off two and zero. Yeah, impressive. that would be pretty impressive. And they're, I think their over under was six and a half. Yeah. So um, shout out to the homie Pete, Peter. Uh, what, what do you call I know, Apple? But does he Peter have a different Apple. name for? He's a commander. He's a commander. No, uh, one of his biggest. Oh, sorry, I'm just talking a little crap. He, him and I were texting back and forth. I like the commanders over on the season total. He liked the under. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, I actually was really impressed with the commanders win in a, in a crappy game. I know that sounds asinine to say. 
Um, but I, I was, and I just, I'm not, I can't get behind this Broncos team. Uh, I'm selling the Raiders and the Broncos. I'm not buying the Raiders after that game. I'm, I'm selling the Broncos harder. Yeah. I mean, look, Sam Howe last game, 202 passing yards, one TD, one pick, 77 or 45 QBR. Yeah. Nothing. I don't know, man. I don't know how you can be impressed with that performance no, I wasn't at home defense. against the Cardinals. I know the defense <laughs> has played played well. Um, it's interesting because the Broncos were minus three and a half last week, right? Yeah, minus three and a half again. Yeah. This is almost like it feels like uh, it feels like a retry for them, right? It's like, oh, I'm minus three and a half week one. Get it, can't get it done. Can't cover. Can't win. Now let's just play a similar skill set of a team at home minus three and a half again. I think Russell Wilson has to get this one done, bro. You do? I really do. Like, oh. dude, like Russell Wilson, at what point are you going to be Russell Wilson from the past? I don't know. This man. has to be his coming out party, bro. It has to be. So all I'm going to say, 17-16, exact score. Oh, my God. Just Washington instead of Raiders. I'll tell you the, one thing. The Raiders bro. defense look good. The over-under the Broncos game last week was at 37. It was low. Bro, do you have any idea what it's like sweating out an underdog and the under of 37? I'm like, oh. what the fuck, 37, bro? You can't even score. Like, the the, the, off, the the favorite scores like a couple touchdowns. You almost feel like you already lost. These commander unders are going to get you paid. 17-16, exact game, exact box score, exact everything. A second Broncos lost by one. Mm, that's bold, bro. <laughs> I don't. This is a game I'm probably not touching minus the system parlay, but – I do lean Denver. I want to see this line movement throughout the week and where the money comes in, though. Let's move on to a really good game here. We have the Miami Dolphins at New England. Dolphins minus two and a half here on the road. The the over-under sitting at 47 and a half. 71% of the tickets are on Miami, 29% on New England. Patriots coming off of that very cl- close loss. To my Philadelphia Eagles with the Dolphins coming off of the impressive shootout win against the Chargers, where Tua had a ton of success, and Tyreek Hill looked like the best receiver in football, honestly. Patriots 10-4 and four straight up after a home loss. Dolphins are 5-1 and one against the spread, though, against the Patriots in the past three seasons. They have absolutely owned them, both against the spread and straight up. My question to you, Gino, who are you taking here? Minus two is a steal. Mm. These Dolphins are for real, and they were devastated by all their injuries last year. Uh, honestly, I, I know I repeat myself sometimes when I mean this chip on their shoulder. They believe they are better than everyone else believes they are. Mm-hmm. And, man, they believe this division's up for the taking now. Think yeah. about it. Like you were talking about, Rodgers out. Bills could not have looked worse. Mm-hmm. The Bills could not have looked worse than they did yesterday. 1-0. Uh, Dolphins, everyone else in the league uh, division has a loss. They can go up 2-0 here, and I, I believe they do it. And, and I genuinely hate low spreads like this on the road, division, everything. Mm-hmm. The sharp money is probably going to trickle in on the Patriots if this goes a little higher, if this gets to like three. Um, but, dude, you give me minus 126, minus two, I'm taking both. Mm-hmm. Uh I think the Dolphins come out as good as they were last year, minus injuries, and they don't take anything for granted. Yeah. Look, if this wasn't a division game, I would look at it and be like, how could you not like the over in this game? But it does scare me. It feels square to me. 
That yeah. over is high for the Patriots it, too. But it what is, they did to your what did they did to the Phillies yeah. defense? No, I mean they, the they had some success, and then Miami looked really explosive offensively, and they also yeah. gave up a lot of points to Justin Herbert. So, oh, this is a really really tough game to me. Honestly, I think the I think the numbers are spot on. Like I like I think Miami minus two is the perfect line. Um, it just feels like New England just can't get it done against them. You know, I just feel like they literally cannot get it done. They, they, the Dolphins just have their number. Um, but we'll have to see what happens in this game. This is a game that I'll probably just let the system play right out in. Which, you know, again, I could see 24-20 Patriots and the system play hits. Dolphins yeah. are putting up 34. Everyone's asking what happened to Bill Belichick. <laughs> uh, I'm high on these Dolphins, dude. They're nasty. Yeah. Yeah. Our coaching staff is spread I mean, out now. Why? I am. I, I have the future ticket. Dolphins Eagles. Was it? I think it was fifty to one. Dolphins Eagles Super Bowl. Doesn't matter who wins. Just both have to make it. So we shall see what happens. All right, let's move on here. Honestly, I don't even know which one this is. This is Monday Night Football. The only thing that no, that was Sunday night. Okay, yeah, I know. So we skipped the Dallas Jets though. No, no. Let's see here. That's Sunday in the day. I think it got missed. Maybe was it uh, made we, yesterday during the game when the Jets were playing? We may have missed it. Because the Bills are playing too. We'll bring it up at the end here. Yeah, that's all good. Um, we'll just stay on track. So we got the Saints versus the Panthers up next. This is a, a good division matchup here. Let's see. Saints minus three and a half here on the road. It looks like it's at three now. Is that what you're saying? Oh, I didn't look. Saints minus three on the road at Carolina. Over under 40. It's down to 40 now. 79% of the tickets on New Orleans, 21% on Carolina. Saints coming off of that 16 to 15 win over the Titans with the Panthers coming off of that 24-10 loss at Atlanta. I like Carolina in this one. 100%. I like Carolina in this one. The Shout Saints, out to the homie, Brad. The Saints should not have won last week. Their defense is really good. This is a game where I would literally be comfortable betting my mortgage on the under, bro. Like, <laughs> I don't think there's going to be a touchdown in the first half. I really don't. I think this is going to be like six to three at halftime. I think the final score could be like, 40. I don't even Ooh. know, 12 to 10. Like, I think it could literally be one of those type of games where one of these teams just make one makes one extra play towards the end of the game and wins by a field goal. That's how I look at this game. I love this one. I love this- the under. This one's going to check all the boxes with nothing going against the Panthers. You're, you're buying low on the Panthers. You're selling the – oh, actually, they didn't cover on the Saints. Yeah. Uh, you got a home division dog. You got a home dog in primetime. Every system checks this box for the Panthers. People are low on the Panthers. I love this Panthers run game, how they ended last season. I love their – oh, if I had to say it, defense, as crazy as that sounds – um, I think they're scrappy, and I think they're going to match up really well with the Saints team mm-hmm. that didn't necessarily click on offense. I think the Carolina Panthers defense is a lot better than the Tennessee Titans. Um, on paper, it doesn't look that way, but this to me gives me everything, and I think the public gets slaughtered betting the Saints here. Yeah. I really do. And the Saints are a good home team, bro. They're not like the same team on the road. Like Bryce Young is a playmaker. He's coming off of one TD, two picks. It was his rookie debut on the road. We're now going back to Carolina. We have a good run run attack. We have a good defense. I like Carolina, bro. This is this is a hundred percent hitting on my dog money line and under system. Probably my most confident system. Uh, probably my most confident game of out of, of the system for the whole day. 
I love Carolina and the under here in this. Spot. Are you Carolina money line or plus three? Pieces point. Pieces point. Pieces points. I'm probably gonna take that three and a half hook when I get it, uh, but I, I I don't doubt that the Panthers can win. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, let's go ahead and move on here. Got to give a shout out to Steve who hit Sean Strickland on the money line, baby. Let's go. <laughs> All right, here we go. So this is the is this the, what game is this? You know. Steelers. I don't, yeah, this would just be Saturday, like uh, Monday night. This is Monday night, so we'll come back. We after got two Monday, Monday night. night footballs. Oh, that's what it is. Okay. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So we do have two Monday night footballs. So Browns right now minus a two point favorite on the road at Pittsburgh, over under 40 and a half. Division game here. Steelers in an extreme buy low spot. Cleveland, on the other hand, this is just. <laughs> This is the ultimate buy low on Pittsburgh and sell on Cleveland. Cleveland to beat – think about it. Cleveland to, to destroy Cincinnati last week. Oh. That's just a team that has Cincinnati's number. They always crush Cincinnati. I think they were like 5-1 and one against Cincinnati in the last six. Don't quote me on that. But Cleveland at home always destroys the Bengals, right? Pittsburgh, on the other hand, played what is arguably a top three team in the entire NFL. Gina will say the number one team in the NFL – I got to look at this spot and say, give me Pittsburgh on the money line. I can't – again, this goes back to what I say with the Giants game, right, and this Giants team in general. I can't be high on a team going into the season and then be willing to sell them after week one of football. I just can't do it. I still believe in Pittsburgh to have a good season. They got punched in the mouth in week one against San Francisco. I think they bounce back here at home. I love them. I love Mike Tomlin to get it done. I don't have any trends or stats written down on this one, but I can guarantee you Mike Tomlin historically has been pretty damn good coming off a loss would be my bet. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And what I would say here, oh, man, dude, this is such a tough game. After what Cleveland just did to Cincy, their confidence cannot be higher. Mm -hmm. And I believe we got into Pitt's head. We exposed them for all their holes. Mm -hmm. And everything I saw, even though our run talent is nasty. Our offensive line is inferior yeah. than Cleveland's. Pitt's going to have a hard time with this Cleveland team. Um, I would be very surprised. You think Pitt's going to have a hard time with Cleveland? I do. Yeah. I would be very surprised if the public is not all over Pitt here. Yeah. Like Pitt has just owned Cleveland for what, the last decade? Right. 20 years? Yeah. It's crazy. So this is a hard one for me. Um, oh, man. So right now, 56% of the tickets are on Cleveland with 44% of the tickets on Pittsburgh. Again, I think people are going to jump a little bit off of Pittsburgh here after getting embarrassed. And holding them down too much. I, yeah. I agree with that. I, Again, this number is not – this is another prime scenario where this I think Steelers are a small favorite. If, if, if we're not last week, they might be minus two and a half. They might be minus one and a half. There was a really good piece of data last year, uh, guys, for teams after the Niners – that we're covering at like a crazy amount Makes sense. covering after they play the Niners winning, et cetera. So it, we, we wear teams out, we make them look bad and you can get extra value. So these are just tough games, guys. Like I, I know you, you want us to tell you to hammer everything and go all in. Yeah. All I'm saying is I wouldn't be surprised if either of these teams won. Yeah. If Pitt won, wouldn't be surprised. Cleveland won, I wouldn't be surprised. Fair. I don't think we know what the Steelers are yet. Right. Agreed. They drew a very tough week one card. Did we miss a game or are we good? The 
Jets at Cowboys and uh, Raiders at Bills. Really? Yeah, I think he did it during the games where there's no line. Ah, uh, okay. All right. So I had to guess. We're going to dive into those games right now, and then we're going to bring Trevor on. So let's go to Raiders versus Bills here. Let me pull that one up. 47 over under, and the Bills are minus nine and a half. Let's see. Yep. All right. So 56% of the tickets are on the Raiders here with 44% on the Bills. Eight and a half point spread over under 47. This is a game that I look at, look, and like literally just the other night, I'm like, Josh Allen is dead to me. I can't back him. I just cannot do it. But talk about a buy low spot if oh. there's ever one. This is probably it, right? We're selling the Raiders after edging out a win in Denver, and we're buying on the Bills after getting embarrassed at you know against the Jets. And honestly, yep. the Jets' defense is really freaking good. Really man. good. Really good. So you got to assume Josh Allen is going to come back at home here and be able to, to win a double-digit, I think get a double-digit win here and cover the spread. I like the fact that tickets are not on them right now, right? Like historically, like – if you if if a team does bad one week and they come back and they're an over a touchdown favorite, I'd like to think more times than not they're going to win that game by double digits. Yeah, no, I hear you. And then uh, this is where I think I said it earlier. Yeah, I'm selling Denver more than I'm buying the Raiders. I, I really am. So uh, this spreads high, guys. This spreads surprisingly high. I'm surprised this isn't seven and a half. I, I really am. Uh, and the way the Bills fans bet. It makes me nervous. Um, but I, I would not be surprised if everyone comes back and it's like, oh, that's Josh Allen we expected. Yeah. And, and the crushes. Bills, and what did you think about the Bills' defense? Obviously, Rodgers went down and Zach Wilson's in, but like I thought their defense was getting after it. They looked good up until the fourth. Right. But, uh, you know, they were putting some well, bad situations. special teams. Like, yeah, they were putting some bad situations ran too. And the kick back or the punt back in overtime. And yeah, they were definitely putting bad situations with the interception. There were some third and longs where you and I had that. If they, did held them, we won that game. Yeah. For the third of lines, they allowed to be converted. So um I, I like the over in this Bills Raiders game more than anything. Mm. 47. Just have the Bills come out and put up 33. All right. I like it. Um, last game here. Jets okay. at Dallas. All right. Jets Dallas on. is minus eight and a half. The over under is 39 and a half. Mm. I don't even know if I can cap a, a Cowboys game at this point, bro. I just this is really, really tough because, like, this would have been a great spot to back the Jets if uh, if they're healthy and Rodgers is there, right? I know. Um, uh, what's the over-under? 39? 39 and a half. I, this is, for all you Cowboy fans out there, it's going to be the rare time you hear me say this. Mm -hmm. The Cowboys, to me, are arguably the best long teaser pick I've seen in a while, minus two and a half. Instead of the minus eight or a half, I'm going to put the Cowboys on a lot of long teasers. Mm. I I would not be surprised if the Cowboys hold these Jets to ten or less. So you're going you're going under and you're going uh, under and Cowboys, and you don't want to give out minus eight and the under. Your window gets too small. But I I truly believe the Cowboys get some rumblings going after this week yeah. where they have another ass kicking, and they give these Jets the absolute business. Now I know this Jets defense is good, so that's the like the last thing. Can this Jets defense? hold the Cowboys to 20 or less. That's what I think they have to do. Yeah. To cover, not even to win. I don't I don't think the Jets get more than oh man. Uh, 2013 and they cover 2010 they don't. 
of all the over-unders I like, this I, is I, a I game, love this under. This is a game where I could see the Jets defense making a play, though. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. See, I think the Jets defense. Oh, I don't want to know the Cowboys minus eight. I think the Jets defense actually matches up well with Dallas. But, again, I can't really back them with Zach Wilson on the road against Micah Parsons might destroy him. And what I, what I should say, I should say I probably like the Jets team total the best. The team total under. Yeah. All right, let's move on. We're going to bring our guys forever on. Make sure you guys drop your DFS questions in the chat right now. If you want to know any over-unders for player props, go ahead and drop them in right now. I'm going to hand the mic off to Trevor to give us what he likes for week two in daily fantasy sports. What's good, Trev? Hey, how we doing, boys? Oh, yeah. Oh, they got got to put some headsets on so they can hear me. Yep, I can hear you. All right. Well, you're going to like my first pick. It's Mm -hmm. your boy. They're showing him. This is just mispriced after last week. Uh, We got Jalen Hurts for two touchdowns throwing. I think this is – I don't know where you guys take. I haven't got the chance to listen to the show because um, I, for those that don't know, I travel. Uh, Starlink's down worldwide, so I just had to really scramble here to get our backup internet going. Uh, so that was fun right before the show. But um, I, I, I'm i big on the Eagles this year as much as it pains me to say. Um, I'm big on them. But Jalen Hurts, over one and a half passing touchdowns at minus 125. And this is a spot – we're probably going to do some combo DFS picks. Um, him and Devonta, him in Dallas. Like Dallas didn't get used last week. His Dallas Goddard, bro. I texted you that. I love yeah, Dallas Goddard. His, his his prop is mispriced at a couple places right now. Um, so I want to see if there's any movement on it a little bit. I kind of want to see what it does and look closer at the matchup. We're just starting to get all our model projections out. But for Thursday night, I really like that. Um, I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, and that just shouldn't be – it just shouldn't be one and a half uh, at that low of minus money. I, I think that's a big miss by them. Yeah. I mean, look, the way I look at Jalen Hurts from last week is he missed a lot of reads, a lot of wide-open receivers down the field because he was trying to he, – he was consistently making up his mind pre-snap of where he was going rather than going through his progression. And he's a guy that's going to – you know damn well that exact night he was already watching tape. Like, right, he's going to go right back and watch. I can't believe I missed that throw. I can't believe I missed that throw. And he's going to make those – he's going to make those changes going into week two. So I love this prop. I love the Dallas, Dallas Goddard prop as well. He has to get him involved. You start getting Dallas Goddard involved, it's going to open up. Uh, it's going to open up for the wideouts down the field. So I, I love I love uh, both of those plays, Trev. And then the team I'm buying low on this week that I think is going to get overreacted to is the Bengals um, for DFS purposes. They are they have one of the best offenses in the league. They're they're playing a division rival, right? They're playing Baltimore. So last week, T. Higgins had 140 air yards and no catches. It's the most air yards a receiver has ever had in NFL history without a catch or a point. Like, he's one of the best receivers in the league. That offense, you got to remember, Joe had been hurt. He hadn't been practicing. They needed that game. They didn't look good. I, their lines, I believe, when they come out are going to be too low uh, for this matchup. And I'm going to be all over the Bengals this week. I think they're going to be 
really mispriced. DraftKings and FanDuel have dropped some of their DFS like pricing already. So last night uh, I was on a show and we looked at some of their stuff and and they're priced too low. So that's definitely uh, a spot I'm going to look for. And I think the spot I'm going to fade that I think people are going to overreact to is if remember week four last year, Seattle at Detroit, right? 90 points. It was a monster from a DFS perspective. It was the game. It was literally the game of the year from DFS. Mm -hmm. And I think if people are going to overreact and remember that and go back to that game this week, when I don't know that it's necessarily going to be one of the higher scoring games on the slate. I was telling Gino on the show, uh, we both aligned. We love the Bengals minus, was it three and a half? Minus three and a half this week, right? Against Baltimore at home. And I love the over in that game. Yeah, yeah. so I'm all over their props. Um, it's interesting. We're the same thing in there. Um, you know, I'm going to I'm gonna keep watching. I want to see, right? Like, we'll really start getting more prop lines for the rest of the week tomorrow. They really, mm-hmm. they, we just have Thursday's game so far. Uh, I'm interested to see some of the, you know, where they drop guys that we hit last week. You know, Dallas Kincaid uh, got all his overs. Um, you know, Puka took on that role and ended up with 10 catches. You know, I think he's at five and a half probably this week now. And I don't think he gets close. I think our Niners are going to smack the Rams. So that that's mm-hmm. going to be – we're going to expose them for who they really are. And that – it's going to be a tougher matchup there. Um, so I'm interested to see the overreaction this week now so we can counter pivot back the other way. I like it. For those of you guys that don't know, betopenly.com now has daily fantasy sports. So you can go ahead and over and bet that and bet on player props now on bet openly as well. Any uh, questions for Trev on any players? Yeah, we're, we're you, really – they really haven't dropped us any lines yet. So we don't, we really only have Thursday so far. Mm-hmm. So that that's, I don't, I haven't really got a chance to look at every, you know, look at everybody's lines yet, but I'll accept like there's some spots. I think Buffalo could be a buy buy spot this week too. Um, mm-hmm. You know, after what happened last week, um, I think also, I think the giants are going to be a buy spot. They're playing the Cardinals. The offense is talented. Um, that was just a, Right, like Dallas just smacked him. I, you know, I think if that if they score on that first drive, I think it might have been a different game. Um, it, it just it yeah. could have gone different, but they exposed their the Giants what we knew their weakness was going to be, which is that O line. And you know, like I, I said, they they let more people through than a Disneyland turnstile. Uh, and the Cardinals aren't going to do that to the Giants. They're you know they're tanking for Caleb, so it'll be interesting to see. Um, I, I really like buying low on, on teams that, you know, didn't go there and vice versa, the, the opposite side of it. You know, I think people overreact to Pittsburgh getting, you know, smacked by us. I think there'll probably be some opportunity there uh, in a tough matchup. Tomlin owns, <laughs> just own Cleveland in his career. Mm-hmm. Uh, while Cleveland's good this year, right? Like I like turning around week two and buying some of those spots. I agree with honestly. I agree with you on every buy spot. We actually talked about every one of those on the show. I got to give uh, on your Dallas Goddard pick. I got to give you a stat here. You're going to like. So last year, when Devontae Smith went for zero receptions, which again Dallas Goddard went for zero in Week One, Jalen Hurts followed up and gave him seven catches for 80 yards in the very next game. Jalen specifically, when stuff like that happens, he specifically looks for that player the next game, and 
you can only imagine he's working with that player through practice that that week after that game. So I think it's a hammer spot for Dallas Goddard. I really do. Uh, I think Swift too. I think Swift's going to be a super big buy spot. Um, Gainwell didn't practice today. I like Gainwell. We took advantage of his line. We knew the Eagles from all the reports were going to use him. I like Gainwell, but he's not a bell cow back. He doesn't get you know yards. He doesn't break yards after tackles. DeAndre Swift is dynamic, and they traded for him for a reason. And you know, uh, Gainwell didn't practice today. I, I think the Eagles would be crazy to not make him their bell cow, make him their one and move forward. But um, I, I think there might be a buy spot for DeAndre there too. I like it. Appreciate it, brother. Thanks for coming on. For Have everyone that's week. listening, make sure to like and subscribe to the channel. We are on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple. Uh, so make sure to check us out on all three platforms. Appreciate all you, my dudes. On a warm summer's evening, on a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of staring out the window at the darkness. The boredom overtook us. And he began to speak He said, son, I've made a life Out of reading people's faces And knowing what the cards were By the way they held their eyes So if you don't mind my saying I can see you're out of bases Or a taste of your whiskey I'll give you some advice You got to know when to hold up Know when to fold up Know when to walk away And know when to run You never count your money When you're sitting at the table There'll be time enough to count When the dealing's done Every camera knows That the secret to surviving Is knowing what to throw away Knowing what to keep Every hand's a winner And every hand's a loser And the best that you can hope for Is to die in your sleep And when he finished speaking He turned back toward the window Crushed out his cigarette Faded off to sleep And somewhere in the darkness The gambler he broke even But in his final words I found an ace that I could keep You got to know when to hold up Know when to hold up Know when to walk away and know when to run, you never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough for counting when the dealing's done.